on this episode of the audiovisual podcast, Cole Kruger. If people experience what, what I've gone through, it's transformative for your career mm. to, to just have the confidence to know that no matter how hard your day was, tomorrow's going to be better because you're going to make sure it's better. And it's been like super impactful with young kids because I don't take my work home with me no matter how bad it was. It really doesn't impact me anymore. Uh Work is work. My home life is my home life. Both are awesome. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Audio Visual Podcast, a podcast where you can get in-depth interviews with broadcasters, marketers, streamers, gamers, small and large business owners, and more. The podcast that shows everyone has a creative side, no matter what career field or hobby you do. Well, it's an honor to have our first guest here on the Audio Visual Podcast. And when I was thinking of who could be the perfect first guest. I was looking for somebody that had, you know, some broadcast podcast experience, somebody that's a really good friend, very professional. And my first choice was Cole Kruger. Hello, Cole. That's high praise. High praise. (laughs) High praise. Yes. So we're talking to Cole Kruger. He is uh, the marketing director here at Minot State University in Minot, North Dakota. And we're really just going to Get to know him here on a personal level. First off, how are you today? I'm great. You're it's, great? It's an awesome day. So I, I have to give you a heads up that when we were going to meet here today and I was actually trying to put one of my kiddos to bed and it's just been one of those days where you're just exhausted with and all that and mm-hmm. I fell asleep and <laughs> when you texted me and I'm like, are we still meeting? And I woke up, I'm like, yes, we are. <laughs> so, And I was already ready to go, but then because I had it planned, get the kids to bed, but you know how kids go to bed, right? Honestly, the shocking thing, first of all, congrats on starting this. Yes. It is a lot of work and you've already put so much work into it. Mm-hmm. I basically stopped mine because of I had more kids. You had more kids, and now you're starting yours. I think you're crazy. But congrats to you. You made it here. You woke up. Yes. Thanks to my text. You're welcome. You had your own podcast for, what was it, 30-some episodes? 26, pristinely, beautifully produced, which you know best. You helped me through that because you are so, so good with tech. So thank you again for doing that. But yeah. I'm excited to see you branch out and do this. Yeah. You Makes know, sense for you. There's going to be a learning curve, I would say, because this is... A platform that's been around for a while podcasting has but it's going to be you know a little different now because it's evolved ever since you had your podcast i would say yeah in, in a sense so different yeah. yes yes so you have one website then it just pops up on every single platform mm. if you do it right <clears throat> i guess you know what that's right? called what's that podcasting at least the advertising part yeah it's called egg it's called uh, podcasts are platform agnostic agnostic yeah so if you if you uh sell advertising on a podcast Mm -hmm. it is supposed to be played then on whatever platform it is then streamed on which is kind of a a cool power that podcasters have is is you can pitch it that way too it doesn't matter what they listen on uh the ad is going to be heard and that's the thing like that's that's new to me in the podcast ad sense because working in radio on and off you know it's on the certain station mm-hmm. or you buy a certain station and you just explained it very well where you buy an ad mm-hmm. and it's going to appear on what platform stations in a sense. See? Yeah. 94? 
<laughs> you still remember those jingles, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to start off here. We're going to really chit-chat a little bit more. But what I want to do for each episode is really get to know the interviewee with some rapid-fire questions. Oh. And, I, and I, I sent these off a little bit earlier just so you are prepared. Because when I ask you what is your favorite color and you're like, hmm. Well, I did like that one last week, but then that week was pretty good too. So, mm-hmm. so I just want to have ten simple questions in which I will ten ten whole oh, simple. Okay. I know, right? In which I want every interviewee to answer and okay. just kind of keep it. And I, I'm time curious. per answer. What do I have? How rapid do I have to answer? I'll this? give you five seconds. Oh, I need less. <laughs> you need give me three. Less. Give you three. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Rapid fire questions, and here we go. Number one: What is your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite food? Ice cream. Pizza. What? Ice cream and pizza? Okay. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Ooh, Yellowstone's really hitting lately, but nostalgically, uh, The Office for sure. The Office? Yeah. I See, I have to watch Yellowstone yet. It's so good. I've heard nothing but good things about it, so that, that's on my uh, go-to watch list eventually. What is your go-to karaoke song or... What's your favorite song? Either uh, are. Karaoke, Queen of My Double Wide Trailer. <laughs> uh, and then just favorite song in general, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Just the vocals she has <laughs> I in that. I love it. She can still belt it too, by the way. Can so. you belt it? In, when I'm alone, okay. I feel like I hit really good. In the shower? In the car? Yeah. <laughs> around people, something happens. I get sick. Or... So, so, so around people or in the car, I guess, are your kids people if you start belting it out? Oh, they'll tell me to stop. Oh, no doubt. I don't think they will. They will. Trust me. <laughs> What's your favorite game? It could be a board game, video game, anything like that. Favorite game? Um. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you As just... a kid, it was Monopoly. I'm over three seconds. Yeah, you're way over okay, three up. seconds. Well, what is a, a good spy code name for you? A spy <laughs> code name. <laughs> See? I got you now. <laughs> you don't know? No. Uh... No. Don't, don't, don't okay. you have like a like a PlayStation name back oh, yeah. in the day? That could be a spy Cold code. Bear 22. Okay, there you go. Sure. <laughs> it's not a good one, but it is one. It has a number. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Oh, lazy dinner? Papa yep. Murphy's for sure. Oh, that, yeah. Good old pizza right there. Would you would um would your 12-year-old self mm-hmm. think you were cool? No. <laughs> and my 12-year-old self would be right. <laughs> would you rather sleep in late or take a long nap at midday? Neither are possible at this point, but I'd rather have the nap. The midday nap that's so nice waking up and just that yes. lazy meals now next, the mm-hmm. supper. Okay, past three seconds, sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> that, that's part of the discussion. We can do this. And then our last rapid fire question. Who is your hero? Mm. I'd say my mom. Your mom? No doubt my mom, yeah. Awesome. So, that- But I love my wife too, if she listens. <laughs> And she's a hero status as well, but my mom. And then you can keep going on and on and on. But, 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 my yeah, kids. But, 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 but my kids and are my kids, too. Yes. You have kids. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. So that that's what we're going to try to do, some rapid-fire questions. Blue's his favorite color. He loves food. <laughs> Ice cream and pizza. Um, spy code name got you, though. Yeah, that's, I, that's I should have prepared for that. That one's fine. That That's good. So what we're going to do here is just kind of break down uh, a little bit of your career. It- 
once again, uh, we're speaking with uh, Cole Kruger, marketing director at Minus State University. And uh, first off, a little background. Him and I, we actually worked together here mm-hmm. for couple of years those were such good days man yeah, they they were good so days. many Great good memories days. so many snapchats i still get that i <laughs> six years ago today and it's just so fun to, to watch and laugh at that still. Should, should talk about how snapchat's still around and thriving yet in many ways oh, yeah. yeah so that that's another thing but first i worked in radio mm-hmm. moved from jamestown north dakota with my wife and our brand new kid got a job at minus state university admissions counselor or recruiting in a in a in a nutshell, and here uh, I get my first day on the job, and I think what was it orientation, and I think you came in just for the day of or- new student orientation because you also had mm-hmm. a newborn baby too, and and the first time I met him was just during that day drinking his coffee in his cup and meeting students. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Orientation days were the best days. They to were be so fun to meet all the new people. And, yes. And yeah, I didn't know what to think of you, but I was, <laughs> I was certainly keeping my eye on you. I know that that stranger danger coming in from Jamestown. But who's this cool new tall guy? Oh, I didn't like it. You know, I had to be the funny. <laughs> The center of attention guy, and you coming in, everyone liked you right away. Didn't like it. <laughs> Didn't like it at first. Is that honestly true? Really? Yeah, no, no, no. 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 But, kinda. But no. okay. Okay. Just kinda. <laughs> no, I I was probably the quiet trying to like, what am I doing? I go from radio to mm-hmm. this, but uh, you know, my job has always entailed working with kids high school age just because of the sports broadcasting i did you know parents and uh kids and now it was a different aspect and i guess let's start with you before msu before minus state Mm -hmm. college where'd you go (laughs) i went here (laughs) you went here i I actually started at und Mm -hmm. didn't really have a sense of direction as to why i wanted to go there or anything like that i just decided to um, and it wasn't a great fit for me. I just wasn't mature enough, I don't think, to really to thrive. I missed the se- uh, the sense of playing on a team. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a slight, I guess, an opportunity to play baseball in college. So after being lost after my first year, I was like, I'm going to try to play baseball. And that was at Valley City State. Went there. And it was, like, really humbling to see that. Even at this, inst- at this school that's NAI, a pretty low division of sports. Mm-hmm. Even at the school that's NAI and not even a successful team. I am by far, I mean, I am not even close to one of the best players here. So I was just, I kind of moved on from that. Came here to Minot State, really found my fit. Makes my job easy now to, to be passionate about what I did. And anyway, yeah, at Minot State, I really felt like I thrived. Was able to reconnect with my wife, even though we were dating in the meantime. And then we ended up getting married afterwards. And what happened between graduation, though, from Minot State and working at Minot State was a year spent as a as a background investigator, which is a, just a hilarious fit for my personality type. You know, my job essentially was to, um, if, if derogatory information was reported on an individual with a security clearance, I was tasked, I was tasked with going and confronting them and not in like a cool way where I'd be like, Kyle, rumor has it, you're in deep financial trouble and you have secret information. We can't get out there. No, man. It was like, Hello, sir. I'm 23 and I can barely grow any facial hair. I'm going to ask you questions that could jeopardize your career. And I'm going to ask them very bluntly. And like, we had no opportunity to like go back and forth. So it was just not a great fit for me. And 
serendipitously, I got a message from Kevin Harmon, who's a vice president here, and he was the, the head of the office of recruitment at Miami State. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, would you ever consider sitting down for a conversation, maybe coming and working for us? And I was sold immediately. I was ready to jump at that. So now what, the rest is history there. What's your bachelor's in first? Criminal justice. So, yeah, and I guess that's a little bit more explanation, too, because you must have had a plan, CJ, criminal justice. Yeah. That was your choice right out of high school or maybe not right mm-hmm. out of high school. What what was the choice in going into CJ for that criminal justice? I have, I had some some people in my life who had pursued it who I really admired you know, for for just, I guess, as people more than career. And when you're young, you make decisions like that. You're not really thinking through, you like the work they're doing, just like them as people. So that was the reason I went into it was I like those people. I love that I have that experience because I can tell new 17, 18-year-olds that I discuss, meet with, like, hey, really, do go do a ride along. Mm-hmm. You'll find out pretty quickly if CJ's for you or not mm-hmm. through that experience. Um, or if you're a nursing, interested in nursing, yeah, go spend a day at Manor Care. And see if you can get through. I mean, there, there's a lot to take away from that. But that really, that interest in criminal justice was probably misguided at the time. Yeah, I look back now, and that wasn't a smart call for me. And, I learned from it, though. But I, I think also the aspect is, too, that you continued. You got your four-year degree. You got a bachelor's. You have the job experience now of working. And it was probably not the best of, you know, where you said, like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't for me. All of a sudden, you came to Minot State, and uh, totally different, I guess, yeah. w- demeanor, would you say, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So and how long were you, I guess, first off, how long were you a missions counselor then, like, for mm-hmm. at the your first gig at Minot State? Yeah, I was, like, two and a half years in that role as two a and missions half counselor, and then, like, two more years mm-hmm. as the assistant director, which was basically an admissions counselor plus... I More. guess managing Hobson's <laughs> a little bit, but Hobson's being a CRM, so yeah, uh, for everybody out there, and that was a beast of its own, from what I've heard, uh, and us trying to figure that out, and yeah. and I think you at Minot State, and I think both of us had a great opportunity since we were working at the college, and it's like, well, let's continue our education, mm-hmm. and we both. Went into similar fields in a sense. Um, uh, just explain a little bit. What what was your decision of going in to get your master's at Minot State University? Uh, I'd say purely superficial and vanity based to <laughs> be like I want to earn a master's degree like my sister did. Uh huh. Um, it wasn't again. It wasn't like a. I can't wait to develop, mm-hmm. gain knowledge and develop skills mm-hmm. pertaining to it. But luckily, that happened anyway, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of my intentions. So that was the main reason. Was it was. It was uh, basically free when mm-hmm. you work at Minot State to pursue it. So I thought just yep. this made sense to do. Um, really, really grateful I did it. Didn't expect to learn so much and, and definitely did. Yeah, and I would also have to say the professors of, um, by the way, management style. You went the management route mm-hmm. um, at Minot State University. I went sports management. So we technically had, what, half the classes the same, I think, Something for like the that. management yep. side. And just working with those professors in my opinion was awesome it was just they they really care about the students is what i noticed um going through my undergrad to my masters and i I think you've noticed that too because of where you're at currently and what you've done in the past here at minus state university don't Mm -hmm. you believe that right i do i i think it's also fun in hindsight realizing the difference of going to class as a as an 18 19 20 21 year old Mm -hmm. Versus going back as, I guess, kind of an adult. 
Yes. You, you develop some skills, but mostly you're just more responsible. You're more mature. Yep. You don't wait till the last minute. And clearly the subjects were more difficult. Yep. And it felt easier just mm-hmm. because you had developed better skills in the meantime. So that was cool to learn. Yeah. And so you were working with students for about four years or so here at Minus C University, students and their families and uh, new student orientation. We already hit on that where that was the best days, I would say. So fun. Yeah. Well, so much fun meeting those people from all over the nation, literally, to come here on mm-hmm. new student orientation and like, hey, this is this is your home for the next how one to four years mm-hmm. and you know what what you're looking at maybe two to four years it just depends on do people you know a lot of people start here to get general education because close to home and then move on to where they want to or they get their full-blown degree here after meeting with their professors and stuff like that and i i think that was the aspect that i thoroughly enjoyed is that i i think i toured how many college campuses before deciding hey might not say university is right next to me Let's give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. That was about the best decision. I think the one thing I want to hit on the hit on the aspect is that if you're looking at two or three colleges, tour them. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing, and I think it's the same as your job shadowing with criminal justice. You know, go for a ride along or nursing. Go and uh, you know get that experience. Don't you agree that you know if you have choices, what's there's nothing wrong with taking tours of multiple colleges. Yeah, I, I do agree. Basically with anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Test drive multiple cars, They're... tour multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I hope that is something, too, that we can communicate better to parents mm-hmm. and hope school systems are um, encouraging it mm-hmm. and allowing it. You know, I think I think students are given one day off. If you think about that, it's, I mean, you got to be an incredible logistical planner and work really hard to tour more than one campus mm-hmm. in, in a day, so... I think that is that's an area where students will hopefully continue. And by the way, another big change in just the time that since we started here yeah. is less and less students are interested in the traditional path of graduating from high school that's and true. going straight to a four-year university, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Yeah. It's not bad that students are, that high school students are, are have their minds open and have people in their lives that are more aware of, of other options that might be better for them. So that's not a bad thing at all. I just hope that they have enough time and um, structure in place as they go through sophomore, junior, senior year of high school mm-hmm. to really be able to look at those and consider those. And, you know, we're we're not just talking about, you know, well, most of us were talking about like high school, but a lot of people after high school, they start a career, but they're like, I can go back to college mm-hmm. or I got my two-year degree, my associate, I can go back to college. I yeah. mean... It doesn't have to be 18, 19-year-olds anymore. It could be anybody our age. It could be anybody our parents' age. It could be anybody our grandparents' age now to go back and get a degree. And I think that's what I love about the aspect of it's never too late to go gain a little bit of knowledge. Mm-mm. No. 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 And I, I think that was one of the unique aspects. You know, I have always, we always worked with high school. But working with transfer students was always fun, too, because they always came from... Uh, you know, get their associates or not even, they just get their gen eds, but they're like, hey, 
we got a degree here in United States, you know, let's take a look at this to see how you can fit into the program and stuff. So I, I think that's one of those aspects that we have to kind of hit on too, is just that it's not just for high schoolers to go to college or go to tech school or anything mm-hmm. like that. It could be anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to move on here into the, I guess, after United State, you had to take a, a break from being a United State beaver. <laughs> well, you've never, you can never take a break from that. You're always a beaver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your next step? So I didn't have to take a break. I love I love my answer. I want to be very I, clear. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what happened was I I certainly had the itch to spread my wings a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would consider my first time here at Minot State my first time really trying a career. And when you earn your master's degree while you're here, there's that, and you feel it. There's mm-hmm. a natural tendency to be like, "What can I do with this now?" Yes. And the answer for us was you can go back to your desk now and work. And that's not a fun answer to have. So I was very interested in finding in some sort of opportunity that seemed to align. And at that point, I had learned a little bit more. I wasn't just looking for a pot of money. I wasn't just looking for... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I felt like I was looking for the right stuff. I was looking for something that felt like a good fit for who I felt like I was at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I saw at Shields, they were hiring a, a role called an event coordinator. Yep. And I was like, well, our office coordinates events all the time here on campus. My state coordinates so many events. It's it's insane. MSU is amazing at it. And so I felt like I was a good fit and went and interviewed multiple times. And Shields quickly grew on me. I mean, even throughout the interview process, the professionalism, mm-hmm. the the care of which they handled the application and the interviews and the, the responses and how quick they were. I'm just, I was so stunned at how amazing that experience was that it, I was probably ready to drink the Kool-Aid anyway, but (laughs) I mean, I was just chugging Kool-Aid from Shields very quickly. Now for our listeners, can you explain kind of what Shields is? A lot of people do in our area, but just overall, what, what is Shields? Shields is a sporting goods store Mm -hmm. and there's, I believe over 30 locations in the U S now. It's one of the biggest uh, sporting goods stores, certainly the fastest growing Mm -hmm. in terms of major retailers. And sports isn't even a really good way to quantify or to or hunting or sports or it doesn't. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. passion is what they take pride in, right? Yeah. Whatever your passion is, we're going to support that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I became incredibly hooked on Shields early on, and in reflection, it's primarily due to immediate trust and empowerment. Mm-hmm. They totally had uh, a philosophy that I think I was used to was a what it don't do that because what if you fail. And Shields was like, we hired you to try things mm-hmm. in hopes that you can find something amazing. And so I almost got the sense early on. They were like, stop asking us for permission. Just, <laughs> we trust you to do that. Mm-hmm. You go do that. If you mess up, you learn from it. And it was such a refreshing perspective for them to have in a very competitive private sector, profit-driven industry that I was just blown away. And um, I'm so grateful for my time there. Truly, it was like... Very early on, I said, guys, I don't think I'm an event coordinator here. I think I'm like a marketing leader. Mm-hmm. And they were like, done. Yep, we'll done. change the title. <laughs> done. I don't care. It's done. Because I was managing their social media platforms, they mm-hmm. let me start doing a little buying of advertising. And they just let me learn whatever I wanted to. You know, we had uh, – they, they let me do like whatever I want. So across the company, they would have these things called pro staffers. Okay. Pro staffers are Shield's way of basically signing an influencer. You've seen influencers on yes, social media, Yes, yeah, right? that's the thing these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Shields would essentially 
create these agreements with people who are passionate about what they do, but also can do it at a high level. So they're not going to pro staff someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's someone who usually doesn't work at the store. Correct. And I was like, well, we have some people locally that really would be good fits. And we had not beyond fishermen. um, We hadn't done that before. Mm -hmm. And so we approached Val and Val was a Olympic qualifying marathoner. And the store was like, do it. That's awesome. Go ahead. Go for it. And we were the only one in the company who was who had a, a female uh, marathoner at that point, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we also and then signed up a, a guy named Aaron, who is a chiropractor in town, who is incredible at video production. Wow. And his storytelling is so powerful. And his passion for S.H.I.E.L.D. was so amazing that just the the way we started to trust our community members was another cool thing. But uh, long story, really, really long. <laughs> that experience, I hope if anyone listens to this and they're kind of looking for like a little nugget of mm-hmm. advice, like that being empowered, being given the opportunity to f- try things and fail and then be taught like leadership uh, aspects in, in conjunction was, was something so invaluable. I'm, I'm forever grateful to Shields for all that. So having that backing from not just the home store, but the corporation in a nutshell oh, God, and, yeah. and your local support from the community, it, it seems like that was where you needed to be at that mm-hmm. time and place in order to get to the next step. And I uh, just hearing that, you know, where having that freedom, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's huge. There's, I think there's a lot of people out there now, they're trying to find their first gig or maybe their 10th gig. And a lot of employers, they, they love that. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're like, here, this is what you have that experience, but learn, go mm-hmm. do it, fail. So we can learn from next time and all that. So, and I, I guess you know that's that's another question here. So far, of what we talked about, was there any failures that you look back on and say that has helped me grow? Hmm. Wow, <laughs> good question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I guess first time at Minot State, uh, an opportunity. Kevin Harmon, when he was my boss, mm-hmm. gave me an opportunity early on to fail. Tiger Lily, who you've worked with, they were super young, but they were coming to campus to perform after a basketball game. Mm-hmm. I was like, we got to do something with this. And so we set up this huge, we tried really fast to come up with a promotion to get a bunch of people there. And it flopped for sure. Mm -hmm. But we learned so much in just that. It was about a a 10-day period that we tried to make something happen. Courtside seats, pizza delivered to the seats. Students got VIP passes to the game. Got to do a meet and greet and take their photos out. It was going to be so cool. But we learned a ton we learned that wasn't enough time to plan that event we should just have planned the next one we learned that within our team structure certain people had better strengths than other people Mm -hmm. i should not have been in charge of the crm communications at that point i'm not a content writer it wasn't a strength of mine Mm -hmm. and we learned afterwards like yeah my my writing was probably not that influential to Mm -hmm. people being considered and so you just that sort of experience was paramount early on because that was one of the first times that I experienced what it was like to fail, but then go back afterwards Mm -hmm. feeling like a failure and have your mentor or leader, which was Kevin Harmon, look you in the eye and say, great job. It was so weird to have someone say, great job. I know it wasn't what you wanted, but great job. And he was just always good. about. I remember one time too, feeling a little internal uh, strife, I guess, towards me because I was like really excited about my estate, really pushing. Like I wanted to put my foot on the gas about everything. Mm And so I was like, let's redo the tour script. Let's redo this. And, and uh, a couple colleagues basically said, 
okay, you don't know everything yet, you know, slow mm-hmm. down. And he brought me in his office and he's like, hey, take what they said to heart. You know, you might be moving a little fast for them, but I love that you want the ball right now. Mm-hmm. He used a sports reference. The sports to say, reference. I, I love, love that you want the and ball right now. Just letting you know, you played basketball. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, for for a uh, high school yeah. aspect, state champion. <laughs> I, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully, a frog could understand the reference of "I want the ball right now." But yeah, and then at Shields, I mean, just so many, so many failures. But Shields taught you to measure failure so mm-hmm. that you can accurately plan to be more successful. And they did that through corporate provided some just incredible templates and guides and guidance for me to, to be able to close the loop. You know, don't, don't forget the tail, mm-hmm. you know, you might execute the event, but there is this, this sweeping tail coming through on the back end that if you can grab it, you can learn a ton from that. But if you just let it hit you, you're going to produce the exact same result the next time. And so just so many learning experiences were only because I had the opportunity to fail. And I don't think it's like a, you either do a great job or you fail and you learn. It's you do a great job and you learn or you fail and you mm-hmm. learn. You Either way, you got to learn. I understand how annoying I am to someone who hasn't <laughs> gone through, who hasn't experienced. I'm definitely the guy on LinkedIn following like leadership quotes and insightful, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm that, I'm that loser. You're not a loser. But, thank you, but, I am, but, no. I really think it's important that if people experience what, what I've gone through, mm-hmm. it's... It's transformative for your career mm-hmm. to to just have the confidence to know that no matter how hard your day was, tomorrow's going to be better because you're going to make sure it's better. And it's been like super impactful with young kids because I don't take my work home with me no matter how bad it was or how – if it's good, I guess I do take it home. Tell Lacey. <laughs> but, you know, it really doesn't impact me anymore. Uh-huh. Work is work. My home life is my home life. Both are awesome. Yes, and it, it is nice to separate work and family, you know, I think we both had careers in a sense in our previous where we brought work home mm-hmm. sometimes. And I agree. It's nice to s- separate those two because some days are bad. Some days are good. That's just part of a career, I think, and growing up. And we're going to take a quick break here, Cole. But before we get get back into it, we're going to come back. We're going to do about your current position as marketing director at Minus State. Can I do a free ad read? You can do a free ad read. Go ahead. Dove chocolate. Have you ever been sitting there craving the world's most delicious milk chocolate? Me too. In moments like this, you need dove chocolate. Dove. When you're here, you're family. Well, we're going to dive in once again here to uh, talk about Mr. Cole Kruger here, and he's been great to work with here. Marketing Director, Minot State University. How in the world did that pop up? How how mm-hmm. did this just come out from Shields to Minot, back to Minot State? Mm-hmm. Always a beaver. Forever a beaver. Forever a beaver. And by the way, we had a song during orientation, uh, I remember. Beaver one, beaver all. Let's all do the beaver call. Oh man! Okay, now everybody tuned out. Anyway, put continue. that song in the Louvre. So continue. <laughs> yeah, I think it happened by uh, there was there was there was so much I missed about about Minot State when I went to Shields. No matter how amazing and it was amazing, my experience was at Shields. There was a, another part of me that wanted to apply essentially what I've learned um, back here mm-hmm. at Minot State. The opportunity became available much 
earlier mm-hmm. than I anticipated, mm-hmm. um, just because Teresa Loftusness, who had had the position for a long time and was like a staple, she's on like the Minot State Mount Rushmore. You know what I mean? She's, yes. She has, she's a pillar of Minot State, no doubt. But she retired earlier than was expected. And but when the offer became available, I mean, my mentorship and relationship with Shields is, was so good. Mm-hmm. This is no joke that the store leader there, who's now running the store in Sandy in Utah. His name Ryan, just an amazing person. Mm-hmm. I was confident enough. We had a good enough relationship that I went to him. And before I even applied, I said, I'm interested in this. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how many people you think can imagine going to their boss and not doing it for leverage yep. and just honestly having a conversation with someone who's not only their boss, but is also their mentor and just saying, I'm thinking about it. what do you think? And he basically said to me, let's talk about it. Let's make a pros cons list. Let's. And he's like, you know what? You need to at least try. He's like, you need to go for it. And he was a reference for me, and my boss now, Dr. Morozik, has said that was the key reference call, was calling him and having him test it, like, basically vouch for me and say, you know, good things for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, when, when the offer came, I was super excited, super grateful, excited to get back here, and now work in a team concept where I felt like I got the first opportunity to lead a team, not just be a member of a team, but really, truly lead a team, um, and that's been just as good as I ever could have imagined being. It's so amazing, so fun to lead a group. And I, I I agree on the aspect where you can go up to a boss and all of a sudden say, hey, interested. I've had that same experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, with my former radio boss that I'm from high school, and then yeah. I went back, and she has been a great reference throughout my last 10, 15 years. I don't even know how long now. And that's awesome to hear that, how many people can experience that where they can go back to a boss mm-hmm. that have become very good coworkers, very good professionally, but very good friends also mm-hmm. where they can really get that reference to really go above and beyond to get your next step in your career. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what it sounds like after hearing what Mrazik said, that it really was the the pin that it was made it go. The dominoes fell into yeah. the perfect situation. I think and, it's unreal. It's unrealistic for everyone to have a leader like that. But if you if you are if you have that, mm-hmm. just be grateful you have that. It's amazing. Yes. And if you are in a leadership role, you supervise even one person. Mm-hmm. Strive to be that kind of leader. Like and and because of that experience, talking about learning from experiences, yeah. that is something a conversation I had very early on with the team that I get to lead now yep. is. You guys, I hope you never leave because I think you guys are awesome. <laughs> but if you are interested in something, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. My door's open. There'll be no retaliation. Ultimately, if what if the, if you tell me you want to do something else, I will help you get that. Because that's way more important in the grand scheme of life than, than me panicking about how to make a couple social media posts while we find someone to fulfill that next person's role. So, I mean, it's, again, these are all pretty amazing experience we've had. And the key is just to apply that what you've learned let's go back to the team aspect okay. you said this is your first time uh-huh. kind of leading a team right yeah and you, you've probably had, did you have experience like leading probably student leaders though back in admissions kind of and then it's not uh, the same it, but yeah it, it isn't it, because this is a professional i would say yeah. not, the student leaders are professional overall but they're not like full-time employees right they're benefit salary anything like that yeah this is where you are a leader, full blown leader. Mm-hmm. Would you say at Shields you were working more independently mm-hmm. in that where you were planning? They everything? gave me my first taste of 
of leading when they like when I started they had a full-time position Mm -hmm. obviously my position as we went we were growing to the point where I said I think it'd be really smart for us to consider adding a part-time person who could help with social media specifically and and we found a a part-time intern from Minot State who then they hired Mm -hmm. and now they have two full-time people taking carrying out the marketing uh, duties she was such a gift and that's I will say that's a caveat to my my story so far. Mm-hmm. Everyone I've had the opportunity to lead has been, first and foremost, a great person. Mm-hmm. And attitude has never been a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a Shields tenant too. Hire for attitude, train for skill. Shields will do that over and over and over again. Hire someone who you'll go, you hired them to lead hunting? Do they even know how to hunt? Not yet, but they have an amazing attitude. Mm-hmm. And we can teach them the rest. We have the right people. And so that was one thing at Shields. We hired... Uh, a, a student who had a lot to learn, mm-hmm. but was ready to learn, willing to learn, and always on time, always with a great attitude, and willing to make mistakes and, and learn and grow from them. So that was the first taste of that, and it was try- it was so helpful um, because even I know it's it's something that I was lucky when I came here. The people that I lead now are Rick, Amanda, and Tiffany. All three of them are so not interested in drama in in mm-hmm. they're not they're not petty people they are ready to work together they want to work hard they want to work together and they want to accomplish a goal together and so there's a lot that I'm probably taking for granted because not everyone gets to manage such amazing people but mm-hmm. our team has such a I think strong culture that it helps you to well kind of going off on a tangent but that's fine one cool thing I've learned about about leading this team and leadership is a lot of these books and things that you read will tell you, like, empower them, you know, continue to empower them. But really, like, <laughs> bad leaders will take advantage of that and just hand off their duties, right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm a great delegator. You know, you still need to be ultimately strong at project management, amazing at communication, insanely empathetic. Mm-hmm. And then you must be fair. And obviously... That has been an, a learning experience, but at the end of the day, I'm just surrounded by such amazing people that even when I've stumbled and made a decision that I went, oh, that, that wasn't fair to that person, I was able to, as long as I'm willing to go address it, they were open to that concept and, and they've continued to willingly accept me and be open to my new ideas. Were you, honestly, were you scared when you were coming in with kind of the first time having more than one member as a team as oh, a yeah. team like you're having three now four i don't you should with be a yeah. yeah three but you sh- i mean you should be terrified of mm-hmm. that that'd be weird to not be scared of yes. that and probably overly overly worried about what those individuals were thinking at all times mm-hmm. um, but more than anything i wanted them to understand that their thoughts their opinions their expertise not only is it important that they're heard and that they that they can say what they want to say they truly do fill incredible gaps in my abilities. We have experts on social media and digital advertising, social advertising. I don't, I'm not an expert on that stuff. Uh-huh. They are. Yep. We have web experts. I'm not an expert on that. They need to be able to articulate the issue to me so that I can try to make a, a good decision on behalf of us. Or hopefully they just make the decision and tell me why and I agree. And so you're really focusing on their strengths So because you don't need to do a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You want to really say they're really good at these one or two things let's use that right yeah they really focus on in that. fact that's one yep. thing i i don't know if you agree but in hindsight about our experience here mm-hmm. accepting and saying yes to so many different things i felt like was this is kind of a negative mindset 
while it helped us grow in a lot of ways, we yep. became really adaptable and we were able to help. You know, we go into a room, there's IT issues. Kyle, get up here. You know, <laughs> of course, like you can help out with things and you have value when you do those. Yep. But at the same time, when you get to a certain level and you're in a certain role, like team members in our marketing team are, you need to be elite at what you do mm-hmm. because you're no longer competing. I mean, you're competing against others in the industry who, when they have a knowledge advancement or when they have an, uh, an advantage in knowledge mm-hmm. and ability, like their ability to remarket and retarget and identify an audience that they can then plug into, like, when they start to have an advantage there, you're losing big time in your efficiency and mm-hmm. efficiency is your budget. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to be a, a business that doesn't just have this huge marketing budget, the only way to really improve and become more efficient is to have your people become more competent and more strategic in their deployment of their of their abilities. So coming from Shields, mm-hmm. going back to higher education, how did you develop a game plan? Because you, you have to change a mindset yeah. in a sense because of a different product. Mm-hmm. Let's just say for lack of a better word for that. How did you first day, what do you do? I say first week, first month. I mean, yeah. you have to come in and change your mindset, meet the team, meet many other moving parts in the in a university system in the college campus so how what was the game plan that really did you have a mindset of what you wanted to do but then did you have to take it back because it's like okay here's what i'm working with mm-hmm. let's start from square one instead of looking at the huge i, I guess what what was yeah. your what was your thought process day on one that? was terrifying yeah i felt <laughs> complete I, I still sometimes feel like an imposter you know yeah but day one was absolutely 100% that the only thing I was confident in was my outfit. I was like, yeah, I dressed up good. Today. Was it the bird shirt? No, was it the bird shirt? <laughs> That's an I inside wish. joke for I don't know everybody. Where that went, yeah. I love that shirt. <laughs> but no, like day one, you know, luckily my predecessor, and this is another advantage mm-hmm. I was very lucky to have, left it in a very good spot in good. terms of the preparation. She had really prepared. She cared about the handoff. She wasn't bitter and like, good luck to whoever. No, it was like very much a nice handoff and here's an explanation. And she was very, very thorough in her retention of materials and stuff. Mm-hmm. So just by reading, there was a, a nice little picture that I was able to look at. Yeah. And then it was just being willing to, to look dumb. Like mm-hmm. I went across campus and asked everyone that had some sort of role related to what I was going to do. What's been done in the past what do you think the opportunities are going forward mm-hmm. and just starting to learn just being a sponge mm-hmm. and then ultimately yasek is different i yep. mean my boss was a major executive in giant corporations in europe for I, years i remember and taking a class with him yeah he yeah. is he's on a different level you know he he thinks things through i know you mentioned in in your questions you were interested really in the creativity of people yeah. and stuff right so i'll show you a way that Yasek thinks when you think the word creative what comes to mind what comes to mind yeah a creative person a describe creative, someone who's a creative person a great describe somebody yeah i would say describing somebody as a creative person is someone that thinks outside the box of something that hasn't been done in the past so i i'm thinking radio aspect what is besides having a 30 second ad what can we do to spice up that 30 second ad to be creative what can really pop to make the listeners hear that mm-hmm. so that that's kind of something it's like finding that next not the next big thing per se, but just something that can catch an attention right away and be creative to really 
do your I guess about what you're good at skill wise. I don't know if that makes sense on my side. That but makes a ton of yeah, sense. Yep. And that was what I always leaned on too. Was like a creative person comes up with new mm-hmm. creative ideas. Yasik helped me understand my best ability to be creative is to be creative in the way I get people to engage and come up with those ideas mm-hmm. on their own. Mm-hmm. And so, also, oftentimes creative is understood as like an artistic person right? yep yep which create artistic people are creative no doubt yeah no but really uh, other people that are creative are the people that you just mentioned people who can think outside the box mm-hmm. but not just think outside the box think logically outside the box because mm-hmm. some people think outside the box and then they come up with this idea they think is amazing and they stop thinking mm-hmm. and then they get told no and they're done yeah so i think that's another area where yasik has taught me a lot is that he's He's relentless in, you could call it politicking, but really, mm-hmm. if he has an idea that he thinks is worthy of further consideration, he'll do a needs assessment. He'll do a theory assessment. He'll do a process assessment. He'll do an efficiency assessment. And he'll just, he'll go through this entire assessment. Nathan Anderson, by the way, is the architect of that, what I just talked about. <laughs> and he'll, he'll basically really thoroughly think it through first. And then he'll start to get people working together creatively. Mm-hmm people that make sense, an inner circle of people who can really contribute to something creatively. And that ultimately, I think, is is a mind-blowing concept too because I used to think I wanted to do marketing because I was the guy who could come up with the good pun or the funny thing on a billboard or the, you know, that's what I thought creativity was and that's why I thought I'd be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And what I'm learning is I think I'm a good fit, but I'm trying not to be arrogant. I think what really might be a strength of mine is the ability to motivate others to think creatively and then see through a creative concept and then improve a creative concept and that's all a different form of creativity but it is what do you have planned coming up for the university i guess Mm. because you've been doing it for year year and a half year and a half yeah you're a marketing director still you know new in the marketing world in that what what's coming up what exciting things would you like to talk about for the university that we both graduated from yeah so i think it's a personally it's still a continuation of a learning phase Mm -hmm. you know this is this is a lot still learning how to understand brand identity and Mm -hmm. measure brand health and conduct survey still learning that as a university though like the the couple things we've done in the meantime is take a look at who we are what our foundation is where our strengths lie, look at national trends, look at statewide trends, and just kind of find out where there's truly opportunity for us to to settle in and find foundational sustainability, mm-hmm. specifically with enrollment. And then also I'll find what aligns with us in terms of our most in-demand programs that are meeting the needs of the state. I mean, we you hear Governor Burgum talk about workforce, 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 workforce. Mm-hmm. We feel that pressure. We need We need to really make sure that as a marketing team, we are not only attracting people to the programs that are doing that, but we're letting the community know we are serving a major purpose in this area. We are an institution that you should trust uh, as a community member, but you should also trust any sort of dependent or loved one who's considering attending here um, is going to set themselves up well for the future. Specifically how we've done that, we launched Hometown Pride. It's the kind of the big campaign that we are really going all in on. Last year, it started as a scholarship. It's now an experience. It's not just the scholarship. Mm-hmm. It's also priority registration, free attendance while they're in high school at, at uh, sporting events. Mm-hmm. It's free use of the wellness center the summer after their senior year. It's just a bunch of bookstore discount. It's, it's mm-hmm. just a bunch of 
perks that are specific and unique and exclusive to our area students. And it's our way of just not just saying we value you, not just saying you are you are our home and we're your home and you got to come here and look at that. You're just a short driveway. And we're trying to show them that we recognize that and we want to provide them real value, mm-hmm. make them understand that they are our number one priority um, in terms of our, our interest in recruiting students there to campus. Other than that, the university is going through a really cool phase in terms of like the summer theater project just finished up yep. last summer. Beautiful there's there's a couple of phases. Amazing. Yep. Like yep. you got to get to that. Yep. Hardnett Hall is undergoing a $25 million renovation that's, right now. I, I was in that hall for most of my undergrad. Yeah. So that's exciting change. Super cool. Yes. Yep. The student center renovation is, is at the legislature just needs approval, but is likely to come down, uh, down the pipeline too. So it's fun to know that while Minot state is going through certainly a transition of trying to identify the, some new programs and things like that that will meet the workforce needs of the state. It's kind of cool to also see us evolve mm-hmm. and position ourselves now for the next centen- century that yep. we're going to have here as a campus. So what's, a lot. what's one thing you want to learn in the next year? Ooh, one thing I want to one learn. One thing you want to learn in the next year in your current position as a marketing director at Minot State. You already learned no mm-hmm. team aspect, no doubt about that. What's another thing you want to learn? I mean, a year goes fast but what 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 are you looking into yeah i i I certainly want to i think from a skill from a personal skill development perspective there's still so much software that i'm like man this would help and the main one is a project managing tool Mm -hmm. like project essentials we have the ability to get that license for pretty affordably you know as an academic institution yep yep i really think a project management tool is kind of the next step in our team being on the same page on projects, hitting deadlines, being really efficient with our work. So that's it. And then I think the the uh, other thing is, we've I've been out in the role for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. The team, while they've been really supportive and, and I think are happy, they're a little <laughs> overwhelmed. We've tried a lot of things that we had never tried before. We tried a free app month. Mm-hmm. We tried a first class free. We tried hometown, hometown. I mean, all these things have taken a little bit of a fatiguing toll. Yep. And it's a cool opportunity over the next year to refine them, to reflect, to measure, to see what's worth continuing. And That uh, could be the fun part, though. It is the fun yeah, part. Yeah, just saying that. We're you're... learning so much by trying. Uh-huh. It's so cool how much we're learning by just having tried them. Mm-hmm. And I think I think because of these, these things that we're trying, um, it's lighting a fire under a lot of people. You cannot say we're not trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the gas pedal, like, pushed through the floorboard. Um, we're about to click the NOS button on the car, and we're in a fast and furious over here. Yeah, and I haven't even, I've only seen the first one, but oh. I, love, I love when they click the button in the first scene. Uh, that is a classic button. movie. I might have to get you back to do movie talk, yeah. movie quotes. With what do you. you think? You what do you want to learn throughout this experience as a podcaster? As a podcaster, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say podcasting wise is really learn the platform, the platforms. I guess you would say, because um, I think I explained at the beginning of the episode was learning the advertisement side of everything, because that's brand new to me. Mm-hmm. The audio aspect, that's not new to me, you know, um, probably with my equipment now that I have, because it's more of a radio station downscale. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, it's just I think that's one of the things is just learning the platform itself through which website I'm going through to really distribute this. So distribution, and I would say also kind of the advertisement ad revenue side of that. My opinion right now, I just want to do this as a hobby. Mm -hmm. Something fun. I love radio. I love working with 
audio and anything of the sort like that. I love talking to people mm-hmm. who knew um, for that. But, but I think that's my main aspect is just kind of see what I can do right now to learn the platform. And then let's see what happens from there. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's just one of those things. Start with a baby step of see where it can come. And I think right now is just get a couple episodes under my belt, see what happens, evaluate after another couple months. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with evaluating after a couple episodes and then re redo whatever we need to do to make it better. And I, 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 I think that's the fun part is really trying new things and then get to go back and see what you can do to make it better. Mm-hmm. I love that aspect. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I'm, you're trying. I, you're trying something. And there's nothing wrong with trying. And I'll probably mess up some way down the road. And that's, I think you that's You clicked record, wrong. right? <laughs> oh, man. Did I forget? No, no. I, oh, that'd be so Actually, that so is funny. the worst feeling ever, working in radio. Oh, I did that. You did that? When I was podcasting multiple times. And in you, fact, Judge Ashley Beal was like the best nicest person ever happened twice during our we had to recreate like our first conversation two times yep and if i was her i would just walked out but she was just like no worries Mm. it's okay and i was like thank you i think i hope you find that it was cool i interviewed um you know multiple people who Mm -hmm. were affiliated with the city or government in some capacity um heidi heitkamp even at the yep at the national level yeah every single person i interviewed was kind on air and crazy kind off air. Yeah. You know, and it's so nice. It was so nice throughout process to meet these faces like like Sean Sitma yep. has has obviously he obviously as the leader of a city is going to get beat up no matter what decision he makes. His mm-hmm. job is to make decisions you're going to get beat up. But I got to know him as a person. Come on. If you knew this person, you would not you, you know, if if you have ever said anything mean, you'd be like, "Oh, I guess I was wrong." Because he's a good person. And, and, and these are the things that you learn when you just yeah. have a second to sit down with these people, too, is is they're just people at the end of the day, too. Is there anything else you no. would like to add? No. Thank you for inviting me to do this. I feel honored to be your first guest. I yep. hope you take it far. I'll be supporting you throughout. All right. Can I can I leave us with an ad read? Okay. Ad read? Since we're going to be uh, wrapping it up here, I'd like to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the first episode. Thank you to our guest, Cole Kruger. But we're going to have him wrap it up here with a bow with an ad read. Please take it away, Mr. Kruger. And a special thank you to our sponsor, Haynes. The new Haynes Comfort Soft Waistband. Don't you hate it when you go to the gym? You get on that treadmill, you go at three miles per hour at 2% incline. You get off the treadmill and you wore cotton underwear. And as a result, you're sweaty all over the booty. <laughs> well, with the new Hanes Comfort Soft waistband and the 80% polyester, 20% cotton blend underwear, you can know that unless you crank that thing up to 3.5 miles per hour and 3% incline, you're not going to have that sweat. Thanks to Haynes. Haynes, don't you look smart. <laughs>